0: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford and I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast that's dedicated to helping parents understand the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And today we're traveling to Malaysia and I'm talking to a great guest who is um, a coach at a football club in Malaysia. And he's gonna break everything down for us um, so that we understand what the soccer pathways would be like if our children play youth soccer in Malaysia. But before we begin, let me remind everybody that this show is sponsored in part by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is a website that hosts over 1,100% follow along uh, training videos covering all the major areas of individual skill development. We are in full swing now and um, it's it's been very helpful to so many people um, so far. And I'm really pleased about that. And as a matter of fact, as a parent of two youth soccer players myself, I am use the product. If you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, please go to uh, anytime-soccer.com and sign up for some free uh, ball mastery and juggling videos, as well as information like this. So now, let's get started with the show. So again, my name is Neil Crawford. I'm the host of the Inside Scoop, and I'm here with Sylvester Lim Kai-Bing. Ben. I hope I got that right, who is joining us from Malaysia. Okay. Sylvester, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome, welcome Mr. thank you, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Okay. So tell me, before I jump into this, which city exactly are you um, located in, in Malaysia? Uh, it, I'm in Kutin, so
1: the island of Borneo.
0: Really? an island as well so it's pretty okay i didn't know that so for our listeners we're gonna um add his city in the show notes if you couldn't um if you didn't understand it um again we that's what we're about here in the inside scoop is just traveling all over the world and learning about youth soccer pathways so sylvester for your benefit and my loyal listeners will know this what i'm gonna do now is give you a quick and dirty overview of U.S. soccer, the U.S. soccer pathways that would be available to your child if they played soccer in America. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is, uh, with that understanding, explain the pathways that would be available in Malaysia in your city, and then we're just going to have a conversation where we compare the two. All right. So the first thing is, if your child moved to America, there's two big things I would have to explain to you. Number one is everybody pays to play to some degree. And what that means is our system has an overarching pay to play structure. So that means your child, no matter what level they are at, are going to pay to play. The amount that they pay will be based on the level of competition, right? So the, the, the easier the level or the more recreational the level, the less they have to pay. The higher the level, the more they have to pay. This is actually quite unique than in, in other countries because normally, the, I guess the more talented you are, the less you have to pay. As a matter of fact, they almost want to pay you. But here, it just doesn't work that way. The more talented you are, the more your parents have to invest in the programs, invest in the practices, invest in the uniforms, and you have to pay more. So that's what we call a pay to play system, okay? The next big difference is our um, youth soccer pathways, I'm learning compared to the rest of the world in general, are very rigid, very defined, meaning they're very cookie cutter. Like you can go down door number one, door number two, door number three, very clear distinction and there's not a lot of overlap. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a brief overview of those and then we're gonna hop into Malaysia. So if your child moves here and they wanna get involved in soccer, I'm gonna describe that these are the major pathways. Number one, most children start at the recreational level. That's for children who just wanna have fun. They practice once a week and they play games on the weekend and the parents coach. The fees are around $100, $120, and they get about an eight to a 10 week season and they normally have two seasons. But I really wanna emphasize this is just for fun. Now, the thing about it is you can start the recreational program as low as U7, U6, maybe even U5. And you can stay in that recreational category all the way up until you exit the youth soccer program. And then many of these um, clubs that host these recreational programs or municipalities will have some some kind of adult league as well. Again, that's for people who just want to have fun. Then we have a league in between which is called the challenge league. So that league is for people who are for kids who want a little bit more than the recreational program, but don't want to commit to our higher levels. We call that again, challenge. And the way that works is again, normally mom and dad are coaching the players are practicing twice a week, but they're a little bit more competitive. The coach, the parent, gets some support from the um, the parent gets some support from the club in terms of coaching education. And in addition to that, there are kids there who don't make our highest level, which I'm going to tell you, who effectively don't make the teams or don't make that category of higher level, and they need a little bit more training. And so they are then. Cut from that program and asked to play in the challenge league. And again, those seasons are, uh, are longer than 10 weeks, but they're not year round. And they normally do two seasons, and it's about half the price of what our travel programs would be. And that leads me to our travel league. And now, and understand, these are all within the club system, and we'll talk about schools in a second. Then we have what we call travel soccer. And travel soccer can mean different things at a different ages, but that's a general term to say the elite, the most competitive soccer. And that also runs parallel with our rec program, parallel with our challenge, kind of parallel to our challenge programs. Uh, So they have uh, travel soccer that starts as low as U8, U7, U8 and goes all the way up to the youth program. And then that's ultimately how you get into the professional ranks or you get drafted to go, not drafted, but um, recruited to go and play in college. Now, again, when you start playing travel soccer in the States, you're gonna pay anything from um, $1,200 up to 2,500, even $3,500 per um, calendar year. And that gets you a nine to 10 month program. They have tryouts. Um, normally, at those earlier ages, kids aren't, so, quote-unquote, cut from the program. They're just placed in lower teams within, those tra- within that travel category, okay? And, and the way most clubs work is we have like a pre-academy or pre develop We have like a developmental pool. The kids are on teams, but we have a developmental pool within travel at the very young ages. And then when they get to about U-12, U-13, there's a big divide. And that divide is some kids are selected, the top, top kids are selected to play for that club's um, academy program. And then some kids stay in the elite program and they fall into a category called classic. So let me just let me recap. If you brought an eight-year-old over, it would be... They, their opportunities would be recreation challenge or travel. If you brought a 14 year old over their opportunities would be recreational, challenge, classic so now travel is divided into two classic soccer and academy soccer and the academy team is that team that's gearing up to become to make try to make professionals. The classic teams can feel some of them will, eventually become a professional or play in college but they are lower than the academy team many clubs and many clubs the academy teams or the members of the academy team don't pay so like an MLS will have an academy team and that those two families in general don't pay but there are some clubs where even the academy teams still have to put uh pay those academy teams play only each other for the most part, and they're part of their own league. There used to be a developmental academy league, but they they've done away with that. Now there's two big big categories of leagues. The MLS has created a league, and right now it's like 93 to 100 and something teams. I don't know how many. They created a league, so those academies some of them are MLS and some of them are not they play each other and then we have a a category within classic called ECNL and they have all their leagues that they play each other in and it kind of works it way works it way it's way down excuse me what won't happen is these travel clubs will never play recreational teams and they will never play challenge teams and challenge teams will never play recreational teams because recreational teams for the most part are like intramural. They're just kind of playing each other because it's just for fun. And then the other pathways we have, which I won't go into too much detail, is our schools. When you get to our equivalent to middle school, which is about 12, 11, 12 in that age, you can play for your school team. And you can play for your school team in middle school, We have what we call junior high. Some areas have junior high, some areas don't. And then we have high school. The important thing to remember there is school soccer and school athletics for us is an important part of the community. It's very organized. It's very recognized. And the schools play each other all the way up until they can play for a state championship because, you know, the U.S. is broken into states. So I'm in North Carolina my school soccer team, if we continue to win and make it to the playoffs, we will eventually play all the way up until we play to see who is a champion of North Carolina soccer. But one thing to remember is our school um, soccer is not considered as as elite as our top elite programs, and that's because it's, it's a, there are a lot of reasons. But remember, the school program is only pulling from the kids in that school catchment area right where the elite program is pulling from kids no matter where they're at and then the elite program is year-round where the school programs are not and then the elite programs because the parents are paying they have just more resources to devote only on soccer then we do have futsal opportunities and we have so you can play futsal and then finally we have other clubs that are similar to what I think your club is where people get together and create a club um, that are not in, not necessarily part of U, U.S. soccer or U.S. club soccer, our big governing bodies, but they're clubs nonetheless that offer soccer opportunities for kids. And we would describe them, if, if you were abroad, you probably would describe them as a soccer school. Uh, and they form their leagues and they just play each other and they play other teams. So, why so why do I say all that because we have pay to play in the states there's a market for soccer pathways and pretty much there's a pathway in organization that caters to every kid and every ability and so to summarize it we have recreational for the beginners challenge for the in for the in-betweens travel soccer for the um competitive travel soccer at the lower ages you're in a developmental pool Travel soccer at the older ages, you're in a program, a category called classic, or you're in um, the top academy. You can also play school soccer. If you're in those lower levels, so classic on down, you can play for your school and play for classic soccer. But once you get into the academy, they will not allow you to play for your school. We have indoor futsal opportunities, and we have other soccer schools that you could play for that are clubs and they look like clubs, they operate like clubs but they're just not part of the sort of bigger U.S. soccer uh, governing body. And then finally I forgot this, we also have clinics. So my son for example, I pay for him to go to a skills clinic once a week and that is also maybe an eight month program where you go once a week to a skills clinic. So in the States, we got every possible way to play soccer. Now that I've given you the data dump on the state, um, Sylvester, I want you to start with the categories of soccer that are available uh, for, for kids in Malaysia. All
1: right, for the various puffer available in Malaysia, uh just as mentioned before we have the national football development program district training center as well as grassroots academy all right so for the
0: national football development program hold on so let me so let me interrupt to say so there's three broad categories there's national football you said uh, development program. all right so national football development program is one category And then the other category is? The district
1: training center.
0: District training center. Yes. And then the other category is? Uh, Grassroots Academy. Okay. So before you um, uh, describe them, let me just help my listeners picture what's going to happen. So I move there. I want to get my child into soccer. Uh, And I say, you know, what are the categories first you're going to tell me those three categories and then are they based on then and then let's describe them based on the lowest level i guess in terms of competitiveness up to the highest if it works that way oh. all right so for the
1: for the different categories we will start at the uh at the age of seven let's see. So at the age of seven, the, the the kid will start to enroll in school because uh, this program, a uh, national football development program, they start in the school. So they uh, the 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 coaches that hold this program, they they will uh, entitle a school, uh, a, a school or two, two school, to have the players and the students. Uh, going into the school and to train. So, automi- automatically, they, they are entitled and they are selected as the player of this program. So, let's say that the coaches they do not uh, have to run all, all over the place to, to select players because they just have one place, a uh, specific place, uh, the school. To, to have the players to come for selection and just and, and from there, the select the players. So the, so the players will have to study and to play at the same time. So okay. moving forward. No,
0: yeah. so 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 let's let's dig deep into that. Okay. So who who runs the then I'm sorry, you gotta repeat it one more time, the national football development program. So, who runs the National Football Development Program? Is that something run by the country, or what? Yeah, it, it
1: is a whole country uh, program uh, run by the FAs.
0: Okay, so you got yeah. the whole country FA, and they're effectively saying, we're gonna we're going to have a partnership with the schools, so that kids can have an opportunity to play in the within the school context, and the coaches can basically just be there and create the team is that fair yes yes and then if i'm a parent am i going to get a letter saying to me hey we, we're going to have tryouts and we does little johnny want to play for the team or how am i how how do they communicate to us that this team is is available
1: uh, the, they might need to look for the for the uh, program and they might need to more in-depth um, understand more in depth about the football g- going on in, in Malaysia because usually in my in my place where we have the schools starts from the school the kid is start uh starts from the school they play from the school all up until they uh join the competitions and because uh, in 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 my place uh coaches they select the players from the competition. From okay,
0: the, but yeah. What I'm trying to say is I I want to stick to the school soccer and I want to break down what I'm actually going to see as a parent. So presumably I send my seven year old to school, presumably on the first day of school, they're not part of the football team. Right? Yes. So how does that work? How do they get to be, do they have to try out? Is the school communicating to me as a parent that they want my child to play? Do I have to pay any money? I want to understand exactly how they go from not being on the team
1: to being on the team? First of all, the school, well, what we call in Malaysia in football, we call it as a co-curricular activities. Like okay. football. Ah, so, so basically they will uh, be given a form, which is uh, the, the co-curricular form. And indic- uh, your, your child has to indicate which uh, uh, for, uh, sports he need, he need to take part in. So let's say your your son, he wants to take part in the football. So he takes the football, then school authorities will come up with a list of forms uh saying that your child is uh, uh selected in the football club. So from, from that club, the coaches will start to uh have the practice on, we start the selection, we we'll start the development on. Once he got bigger and once he got talent, he will go for.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I, so I get that part. Now, is there any tryout per se? So you as a parent select, you want to be part of this, of the football curriculum. Do the coaches then say, no, 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 you can't make the team? Or does everybody make the team at those younger ages? Because it's almost part of the education.
1: Yes, almost it is like the coaches, they they want the players to come to, to enroll to, 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 to the school. But if there's no opportunity, uh, the coaches can do anything as well.
0: Okay. Now, yeah. in general, how many days a week are those kids going to practice?
1: For, for the kids, I, I think it's mainly every day they train, except for Saturday and Sunday.
0: So let me get this straight. I have an eight-year-old I enrolled them in school, I filled out the form saying they want to get involved in soccer, and this is effectively an after-school soccer program where my child is going to train 5 days a week with the school. It's almost like an after-school thing.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And then two more things. You know what football clubs are like and you know, you can imagine what a football club is like this training, you know, 8-year-olds. Is that how these coaches view it or do they view this more as just an after school program that, you know, is themed around soccer, but we're not really trying to develop players.
1: Well, in, 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 in Malaysia, we believe in uh, the child's uh, education is important and the sport is important as well. They need to be balanced, right? So uh, if there's parents, In Malaysia, parents out there, they want their children to be well educated and also in sports as well. But what what comes first is education. So when parents out there, they see see the school's education system is well and also the sports facilities is good for the child. They will sure send their child to the school and the coach is responsible to take care of their child, to train their child to teach their child as well as the teachers as well.
0: Yes. And I, and yeah. that's, that's important. And that's a cult, good cultural understanding, but I'm really asking very, very specifically, let me, and let me be clear in America, our kids in general, unless it's a private school situation, do not play school soccer that young. Okay. <laughs> but even when they start playing, um, at the middle school level, it's normally understood that the coaching level will not be comparable will not be as high as if they play for their club. So you can imagine this and we're going to get to the other pathways in Malaysia, but in general, the people consider um, the coaching levels at those younger ages within the school to be good. Or is this just considered to be a fun activity for the kids to be involved in and the coaches aren't really trying to develop players? And I'm using my air quotes. So are these licensed coaches that are really serious about soccer and are trying to develop the players? Or are these p- coaches that are just looking at it like this is a good after-school program, we just want to have fun? Uh,
1: it, it is up, up to, the, to the players, whether the players they need to have fun or they, they, they need to have uh, a job in football in the future. but we as coaches we just do are responsible to train the players. When they've got the higher level, they will play, they will pay for and it, it is up to the players. We, it, uh, in Malaysia we coaches we just need to train train as much as we can.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so do those kids do they wear uniforms? Well, I see them wearing uniforms in those school programs, not not school uh, no. uniforms, but soccer uniforms. Yes. They they, they they do wear. Okay, so then they'll they'll after school they'll change and then they'll wear their soccer uniform. And then do they play games? They do play games,
1: uh, which conducted by the coach. At the, at the end of the uh, practice.
0: But but do they play games against other schools? Yes, or like they, friendly, they, match. huh? Friend, friendly matches. Huh? Friendly matches, Okay, so they go around to the other schools and play friendly matches. Yes. Okay. And then if you had to put the school program, the school system in, in categories. So for us, we have elementary school would be like, kind of like your primary school. Then we have a middle school which is when you are 11 and then some people some school districts have junior high some don't mm-hmm. junior high is right before you go to high school and then we have a high school which is four years and that's the last four years of school. Do you, what are your categories and how do those categories of school soccer relate to. I'm sorry school categories. How do they relate to soccer. So right now we've been talking about the youngest ones which is like your equivalent to primary right. Yes. And then they I'm play sorry. each other. And then when do you leave primary and go to the next level?
1: Uh, they will go to the secondary school, which is also under the same program.
0: OK. So now yes. they go to the secondary school. is under the same program. Does yes. it get more competitive, stay the same, or what happens at the secondary school? Uh, so they,
1: they represent, let's say I'm in Sarawak now. So they will represent the Sarawak state to play against other states when they are in uh, secondary school.
0: The it coaches,
1: oh, go ahead. Uh, the the coaches is also different from the primary. Maybe the coach is more experienced, is licensed more. Maybe he he got a a and a, a license A and he he got experience. Maybe coach from a a state team.
0: Yeah. So, and what I can't picture now is, um, what I can't picture is, do they have multiple teams? So, let's say you have 100 kids that want to play soccer. Do they just create 10 teams or do they have a cutoff because they have a certain amount of kids they can train? Yes. If there's amount of
1: kids, they will go through the selections.
0: Okay. Even. Yeah. But what about at the um, elementary schools? Do they have a selection as well where if there's too many kids, some kids won't make it? Uh, Do you mean aluminum is? Your primary. So if I'm eight years old, what I can't picture is, in my mind, I'm thinking there are going to be more kids that want to play soccer than are slots available. But that may not be the case. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. So let's
1: say there's uh, a certain amount of kids. So let's say school A, they they have the space of about 50, 50 students. So the other amount, the left one, they will go to the school B to go for the selections. So from there, they're under the same program, so under the
0: same supervision as well. Okay, so let me ask you this. Can you go to school A for your academics, but train in soccer for school B? Uh,
1: No, no.
0: Okay. They must be be,
1: be the same.
0: Okay, they must be the same, but some parents, if you want to go to soccer and you don't get it in school A, then you'll just go to school B?
1: Uh, wanna. they go to school B, the coaches in school B, the teachers in school B, we coach them, we guide them at, at the school B.
0: Yeah, but what I'm trying to hone in on is, let's say they got 50 slots in school A, yeah. but there's 70 kids that want to play soccer at school A. Is that something that happens? And if it is, do you have to cut 20 kids or it just doesn't work out that way? There's always enough space. Uh,
1: the, 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 there's no, don't, don't work out the way we we, we must uh, meet the, the, the limits of the student as well
0: okay all right yeah that's how it is that's how it is in recreational here they will always at the worst case scenario they'll create another team and that's kind of mm. how it is at our developmental pool for the most part they will accept everybody and just create teams for them and just make it work and there's not enough demand to make it where it's just impossible to accept all the kids. All right, so now you're at that secondary school, you got a a higher level coaching, presumably you'll probably have less kids because they're getting older. But how would you describe that? Is that considered to be competitive when you're playing in that school? Or is it considered to be almost like a recreational situation like I described in rec? The the
1: secondary school, they're entitled for, for uh, for the schools, they are actually the Ministry of Education League, what we used to call.
0: So they play in the Ministry of Education League, and how competitive is it? Is it considered to be very competitive, or not? Every week they they have matches every week. Yes, they have matches every week. But how 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 competitive? How is it serious? Is it just for fun? Uh, it it is a competition. Okay, so it is competitive yeah. then. Okay, so when you leave uh, primary school, you go to secondary school. And you were saying there are different types of secondary schools. There's secondary schools that are just for gen- in general and don't have a sport sort of specific situation. And then there's secondary schools that are focused just on soccer. Is that fair?
1: Uh, don't, I don't. I don't think that. Because when one players, if they want to focus on the particular sports, they need to en- entitle him or her to the sports school. But if if he or she wants to have fun, he can go to the normal secondary school.
0: Okay. So you have a normal secondary school, and then you have sports schools. And those sports schools, um, some of them focus just on soccer. Is that a safe way of summarizing it? Yes. And just so I can understand, can you give me the name of a secondary school that focuses on soccer? Uh, You mean in Malaysia? Yes. Like, just give me a name. Um, So for our listeners, we're going to link that school's uh, website in our show notes so that we can understand. So now, those schools, presumably they're run by the government, and then there's another sports ministry that works with those schools in soccer. Is that safe? Yes. And those schools are for kids who are serious about soccer. Yes. And and then they play other secondary schools that also are soccer focused. Is that fair?
1: I I think no, because when you are in sports school, you are you're considered at the best in in that in that team. So once you, you you try to challenge the other school, the, the the other school, the normal school could could be blessed by them.
0: Okay, so you're in that yeah. sco- you're so you're in that sports school, soccer school. So then who do you play games against?
1: So we will play games against the state team, the senior team, or probably the elite teams from, from the, the rural areas.
0: Okay. So you're yeah. in a soccer school, but you will effectively play games against other clubs, not other schools. Yes. Now, what I can't picture, though, is, how many students are in the school? Because you're not going to have enough students in the area that only want to focus on soccer. So the broader school, I mean, how many kids are in the school? You mean overall? Yeah, in that school, I'm, you can imagine what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, all right, if you didn't tell me anything in my mind, I would think this is a big school that has mm-hmm. a specific soccer program. But I'm trying to help. I want you to explain to me what am I going to see if I go to this school, how many students are going to be in it. I can't picture what you I want to be clear about that. Uh, over in about 100 to 900 students. And then of those, there's a specific soccer program for the ones who want to play at the elite level. Yes. Okay, so so there all right. So there's there's secondary schools where you can go, and they don't have this elite program. And then there's a secondary schools you can go that do have this elite soccer program. Yes. Okay, and that elite soccer program will play against kids in other areas that are almost like club. And presumably, you have to try out to make that elite soccer team, right? Yes. Now, do you try out if you're a parent and your kid is really into soccer and you think and you want them to go to this school? Do you try out for that school before you sign your kid up for that school to know if they're going to be in the soccer team, or do you just enroll in that school and then they try out? For so for my situation, uh, if I were the parents,
1: I will send my kid today for selection. If the selection, is, if he is selected, then he will study at that school and play at that team. But if, if, if it is not a selection, selected, he will go to the normal secondary school, which he can pursue his career by joining the, the extracurricular activities as well.
0: Okay, and then yeah. one more question. That school that has about 800 people and has kids and has the serious soccer program, do they have other serious athletic programs you know, on offer as well? Yeah, they, they do They do run.
1: They do run the badminton, athletes, football, as well as football, and other sports.
0: Okay, so because in London, I lived in London a long time, and they have schools like that as well, where the kids specialize in a certain sport, and they also learn the... I guess I will say the vocational aspects of the sport as well. So for example, a kid may be going to school um, there because he wants to play football, but they'll also have classes like sports management, you know, uh, physiology, anything dealing with sports as well. So for the kids who are dedicated to football, but if they don't make it, which obviously the majority of them won't make a professional career out of it, they'll have other, uh, they can work in other areas within sport as well. Okay, now moving along and we're gonna, so now we're just going through the school portion of it. Now they they leave secondary school and if they want to continue to play in soccer in school, for us, again, we have high school, but our high school soccer is not considered to be as competitive as our club soccer, but technically, for us, you can play soccer in school, from middle school up to high school. Now you leave secondary school, and let's say you're in that soccer, one of those elite soccer programs. Where do you go next within school?
1: It's here. I continue
0: to pursue my college or university
1: in other fields. or uh, I join the 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 youth the youth team in 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 my place.
0: Okay. So hold on. So So your secondary school is the last opportunity to play soccer in school? Yes. And so your secondary school goes from what age to what age?
1: Uh, From 13 to 17.
0: Okay. now is, and then we're going to get to the other categories. It, It sounds to me that there's a partnership between your minister of sport or your FA and the schools and the schools to offer soccer opportunities from the time they start school all the way up to 16 17 is that fair yes yes now what i can't picture is if a child wants to go professional well actually let me say one more thing and then if a kid wants to just play for fun they all start off in the same place but when they get to secondary school the ones who just want to play for fun will go to a secondary school that may may not have a serious sports program and just play almost um recreational but they still are playing within a program that's offered by the school but if they want to go for more serious they will try out for a secondary school that offers a competitive soccer program yes now here's what i can't picture and i want to be very clear if you're a parent and you not even, and I don't mean this like you, you, I, I'm going to ask a question. I don't mean this as if you think your kid is going to become professional. I'm asking in theory, if you think, if your kid wants to go professional, wants to be a professional footballer, is the school pathway a logical way to do that? So for example, in the state, people who want to be professional footballers don't just play school soccer. At some point, somebody will say to them, if you want to be a professional, you need to go and leave the school soccer and play for the club. But because your school soccer is tied to your FA, is it a way for kids to play at the highest levels in school? Or at some point, do they need to leave and play for clubs?
1: In for clubs, we don't have much uh, opportunities uh, to play at a higher level. I think schools, uh, sports school is much more opportunity uh, to, to give to, to the ch- children to play
0: at a higher level. Okay, so that's actually pretty interesting. So your sports school is the place to play at the highest level as opposed to your clubs. Yes. And those sports schools, when you start getting into U15, U16, how much are they training?
1: They train basically, uh, during the Monday, the Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes you do doing weekends and sometimes not.
0: Yeah. Now, in your mind, I want you to picture Arsenal Academy or Real Madrid Academy. I want you to picture what you consider to be the highest level of academy football you've ever heard of. Is that how your participants view the school program I'm not comparing it like, yeah, we're like Arsenal. I'm saying, do they view that as we've, we're we playing in the most elite program available for our, in my city, when they're in those secondary elite programs? Uh, no, no, I don't think
1: so. I don't think so. That, that, that works that way.
0: So um. So you're saying in Malaysia, in your city, there's another program that's considered to be higher than that.
1: Uh, this program, is, com- uh, its objective is to prepare players to play at the national level.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so putting this in a bow, if you're playing at U16 secondary school, is there any other way you can play at a higher elite level in your cities?
1: The, the, there's not.
0: Okay. The highest is, yeah, the school league. Okay, so we have established that. So, hey, thanks, guys. So now listen, if you're listening to me, I'm I'm speaking to Sylvester, uh, who is a youth football coach in Malaysia, and we're learning about the soccer pathways in Malaysia. And guys, if you're listening to this interview, I really appreciate it. And you know that the inside scoop is about getting into those details, okay? And this is actually pretty, can be pretty difficult to do because I have to really work with our guests to help them understand that we want to know exactly how it works. And the reason I created this podcast was in part because most of the information that we receive is too general for me. I want to leave this interview knowing exactly what the pathways would be like if I um, play, if my child played football in Malaysia. And to sum it up, and I'm going to use general terms, Sylvester, one pathway is to sign them up. For uh, for soccer in school, there are FA partnerships with the schools where all the kids get an opportunity to play soccer as an extracurricular at those younger ages. Then, when they leave primary school and go to secondary school, there are specific schools that the FA have effectively created these elite programs within. Not all the kids are going to make the team at those secondary schools. Kids who are not focused on sports may go to a more general secondary school. Those secondary schools, the one you mentioned, may have 800 kids doing different things, soccer being one of the priorities. Now, that is the highest level of soccer you can play at the youth levels, in at least in your city and in Malaysia, Uh, that's because your clubs are just not like our clubs where they have all these resources uh, to, to run a year round sophisticated program in those elite school programs you will have your licensed coaches and you will practice three to four days a week and play games but you're going to play against other regional teams as well because you can't play normal secondary schools in your area because your team would be too good and because they have this tie up with the fa that's also where the fa starts looking for national talent and this is the perfect this is the route to play professionally in your domestic leagues. is that a fair is that a fair um characterization of one of the pipelines and that's called the national football development program
1: yes you're right
0: okay so now what's all right so that's one pipeline or pathway what's the next pathway next pathway
1: if the players is not selected to the national football development program. You can go for the district training center.
0: Okay, so let me, so let me again, and we're going to get into the details. Okay. let's assume for a second argument that I have an eight year old. You're going to say, go ahead and do the national football development program in your school because everybody can do that. Is that fair? Yes. Can I do anything else, what we call in parallel? So can I do another program? Can I do, what was the other one you just named? Uh, the District
1: Training Center.
0: Can I do the District Training Center pathway in addition to the the school team? Uh, can you repeat? <laughs> so no, yeah, sorry, let me be clear. Uh. In America, I can play for my middle school team and I can play for my club team. I have to work out the days and make sure the logistics work. But my, my middle school team may practice at 4.30 to 5.30 and my club team may practice at 6.30 to 8.30 and, I, and there's no conflict and I can do it. I'm asking you if I'm playing in the national development program at eight years old, can I also play in this other pathway or it doesn't work that way? Uh, So maybe that maybe so, because what age does that other pathway start at? The other pathway start at the same age as well. Okay. Okay. And can I play in both of them?
1: Uh, you mean you want to play, uh, play in the National Football Development Program at the same time the District Training Center?
0: Yeah. Do, is that even a
1: thing? Yes. Because the District Training Center is also under the supervision of the National Football Development Program. They are linked together.
0: Oh, they are linked. So, yeah. so, so we've established that the National Football Development Program, which is run by your equivalent of the FA, has a school but they also run the district and i'm sorry repeat the name again the district
1: training center
0: and they also run the district training center and you can yeah. technically do both at the same time if you're a child but well if you
1: want if you are not selected for the national football development program you can go for the second one
0: oh okay so if you're yeah. not selected for that one you go for the second one all yeah. right so let's so describe the second one in detail let's start with Big picture, is it groups of teams? Is it like, just describe it. How would you describe it? Okay, sir. So, okay, so, so I would describe it
1: when a kid is not enrolled in the sports school, so the kid join the normal secondary school. But at the same time, the district training center, the, uh, uh, the, the center has got one, one specific place to train. They have the specific time the specific location so the players from the other schools will have to uh, be able to attend the, the practice at the same at the same time the same location so once the player if he or she can' commit to the practice so that means he can walk that out as well
0: so the only thing I didn't catch is what age you said they start as early as eight or seven or eight years old. So what happens if a kid does make the district, not the district, the developmental program within the school, can they play for the district program as well or no? No. No. Okay. And the district program obviously is going to cater, not obviously, but it catered based on what you said, it caters to school kids from all the different schools who don't make the school team for whatever reason. Yes. Yes. But when you're but when you're in those younger ages, seven, eight, nine, there is no tryout per se for the developmental program in the school. This is just for people who don't want to participate in that program, so they go to the district program?
1: Yeah. For those who want who just want to have fun, or they might not have the idea of playing at a higher level, they can go for the district training center.
0: Okay, now it's, now, it's, now it's coming together. Okay, so when you go to the school program, it's a little bit more serious. Yes. Okay, so at the younger ages, it, it may not be that you get cut, but the parents for whatever reason know that we don't, it's not, we don't wanna be that serious. We're just gonna go to the district program. Yes. Okay, but then as they get older, if they get cut, and don't make that sports specific program or a high level soccer program, they can go and play in a district program. Yes. Now, how much are the parents paying to play for the district program's teams? Parents,
1: uh, because the district training center is linked to the National Football Development Program, they're under the same program, but at the same time, they train at the same place, at the same school. So parents will only parents will not pay for anything. Parents just send their their, their kids to the to the location for the train and But then,
0: and and so then? But can parents of school B send their kids to a district program that's at school? This this training at school A. Yes. Okay. They, they, All right. They, but, they do have
1: a specific one.
0: Okay, but. Yes, and the parents don't pay because, again, this is subsidized by the FA.
1: Uh, by the uh, Ministry of
0: Education. Ministry of Education. So the Ministry yeah. of Education creates this program and it gets kids into soccer and that's just another pathway. Yes. Now, I sign my kid up for the dis. Let me explain how it works in the state. If I sign my kid up for recreational, right, I sign him up And then a couple weeks later, the the program will send me an email saying, Your kid has been placed on the Bunny Rabbits team and they're going to practice on Tuesdays. And, you know, coach so and so is going to be your coach, and that's a soccer dad or soccer mom. How does it work in the uh, district program? They sign your kid up. Are you part of a team? Are you just part of a training pool? Do you play games? Break down what you're going to see. Do you have different uniforms? So basically, when
1: it comes to the district training center, we we do call that as a backup back team, the backup team of the national football development program. Yeah. So we, we the, the coaches will guide them, the, the players are same as the national football development program. They wear the same uniform, but, but, but that only just there is the they, they are the team B. We call it, we we call us the sub team.
0: Okay. Now yeah. let's assume, and then we're gonna go back to this. Let's assume for the sake of argument, I moved there, and my kid is in the district training center program. Okay. Yes. And I work with him on my own, and I train him. I happen to be a trainer of my own kids, and I just for whatever I just train him, I work with him, I work with, him, and then they get really good do the other coaches that are part of the um developmental program i keep messing the names up but do they then see my kid and say oh we need to pull you out of the district um training center and put you into the developmental program does it work that way yes yes
1: they they do it work this way
0: okay they run the best one they run the best one all right so you can move and then if you're in the developmental program do they ever cut you and put you back into the district training center Yes and that mm-hmm. happens that happens at the secondary school level not probably not so much at the elementary school. Yeah uh, it
1: ha- ha- happens at the secondary school.
0: level. Okay all right yeah now how high up can you go oh sorry so let's be clear at the district training center you're part of a team and that team is effectively the B team of certain um, school teams. Yes effectively. And you, how, who do you play? What, what, who do you play? In your, in terms of games, uh, against the the players. Yeah. So, are you part of a league, and do you play against other district training centers, or are you playing intramurally? Are you just playing games within each other? Like, what am I going to see? Do they tell me your t- your kid is going to play twelve games this season, or what are you? How does it work?
1: Come, It uh, they, they comes from the, the competition, the school's competition, the normal schools.
0: Yeah, but let's be clear. Remember, you have a kid that goes to school B, is yeah. training at a district training center that happens to be located at school A. Yeah. Now, I'm asking that district training center, they, they have to be in a league now, and it, but it can't be based on the schools because a kid from school B is training at school A. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't play a radio clinic.
1: From what I mean is uh, the district's training center, they are different from the sports school. The district's training center, they have, they, they have the, uh, a specific location to train, while the sports school, they have also a specific uh, 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 location to train at. So they have the, the 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 two
0: different the,
1: different.
0: All right. So now we're getting there. So you're in this district school. And in terms of the games um, we went offline and now we're back online. It's, it's my understanding the coach will organize the gaming program and, and it is not as structured as it is in the states and that you're in a, this official league. They will go around and find friendlies for your team to play. Is that fair?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay. And then how long is the season? So, in the States, um, school seasons are not that long. Club seasons are actually year round. You have two months off. How long is the season if we're in this district uh, training center? For
1: uh, you mean the district training center? How long is the season? Yes. So, basically they will do the same thing uh, as the students uh they will study from uh, january to around mid of the november after the, 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 the end they, they have a holiday during this december and we continue the, the season at jan- january
0: okay so it's safe yeah. to say it's almost a year-round program yes because in the states we get a couple of months off, we have our holiday, but we have a couple of months off in the summer. But our school soccer does not, let me be clear. Each year, each um, season lasts eight to 10 weeks. So it might be soccer season. So the school kids are playing that. And then there may be basketball season and then they're playing that. And it might be football season. And there's a little bit of overlap but in general, it's not a year-round program, which is why our clubs are much more competitive than our schools. But if I understand something, in the district um, training center, it is year-round. It goes just like the school is going. Uh,
1: yeah, for the, for the district, man, they, they don't go for the competitive matches. They're just like the, normal, normal, they're, 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 they're like the They are like the normal students but from, from the, the, the study at the same time, and as well as the platform districts training center at the same time. They have no competition matches. Only, uh, only in the coaches, they will find the families, maybe not uh, twice in, in a month or twice in a month. Sometimes they, they, they just got into the, the, the national football development program, the league, the competitions. Maybe they, they, they have a one-man uh, campaign or competition they, they just play every week every Saturday and Sunday for four weeks continuously
0: yeah okay so we're going to put the district training center in a bow. is it safe to characterize that more as a training pool yes. right because you're trying to get into the developmental uh national developmental program and you don't play static set games. You're not part of a set league, but the coach will organize friendlies. Yes. And the goal for kids who are in the district training center is that, in general, their goal is to make the National Football Development Program. Is that what they're trying to do? Uh,
1: can, can you repeat, Mister Man?
0: So, is, so do they vis? Do they envision themselves as trying to get better to make the? National Football Development Program, or do they just view it as they're just playing for fun? Yeah, for the district training center, players really, they, they, are,
1: they, they, are, they have the mindset of playing at a higher level. But the coaches may just want them to have fun. The coaches may just want them to have, oh, let's say, I, 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 I'm I very into football, I'm, I'm very, uh, play football. So I just want to be maybe in a district training center. I don't want to be competitive. I just want to be in there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so just, uh. Oh, okay. So now let's go to the next. Oh, actually one more question and then we'll go to the next pathway. Can you stay in a district training center all the way up until you 17, you 18 until you age out or does that cut off at a certain point? Uh, they cut off at the U18. Okay, so that cuts off the of U18. So are there other, pa- let's go to the next pathway. Are there other pathways?
1: Yeah, the last pass- pathway should be grassroots academy.
0: All right, so how does that work? And I want you to think about the younger ages, how long it goes, how much you have to pay, that kind of stuff. How does that work?
1: For grassroots academy, we usually walk like, uh free and easy method wait say that again uh we 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 got academy we use we we uh we get ready the schedule just like a uh, uh, free and easy method we we, we 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 don't we don't tell our players you must play at a higher level you 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 just come in to have fun
0: for oh. grassroots
1: uh,
0: okay and who, who organizes the grassroots clubs? Uh, the,
1: the, coaches, the coaches. Okay, so, the coach,
0: so if I moved to Malaysia and I came to you and said, Sylvester, I want to start a grassroots club. Would I be able to do that with you? Yeah. Yes, yes. And then will I be part of the Ministry of, or your, not Ministry of Education. But will I be able to Will I be recognized? Or our club? Will it be recognized by your equivalent of football association? Yes. Yes. It, okay, it, so I'll be recognized. Be. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, it it must be recognized. Okay, so we fill out the paperwork, and we'll be recognized as a, I guess, a grassroots club within your football association. Yes. Okay. And then who? In general, who do I play? Other grassroots clubs?
1: Uh, for grassroots academy, we focus on the basics of the the, the fundamentals of the football on the players.
0: Yes, but I'm talking more about how does it work? Like, do I play games? And if I play, if my child plays games, who do they play against? Uh, the grassroots academy. In, oh, so in, they can in... play games against. Other grassroots academies. Yes. And how many days in general will the child train? About one one week at the time. No, every day, day, a time. No, how many days? How many days? Oh, one day within the week. Yeah, once in a week. Okay, so if I'm a parent and I will come to you and I want to play in the grassroots, you're going to tell me. Number one, we train once a day, once a week, and we play games on the weekends against other grassroots clubs. Is that fair? Yes. But is it is not but it's probably not a set schedule where you can give me a piece of paper and say we're gonna play these twelve games. It's more about the club organizing the friendly matches. Is that fair? Yes. Are the kids gonna have uniforms?
1: Yes, they, they have the the, the uniform when, when, when it come, they come. They, they, they can train as well if now, the same uniform.
0: Does yeah. the the parents pay for the uniform or you is the club pay for the uniform?
1: Uh, the, the club the club pay for the, for the uniform.
0: So then, how does the club get the money to pay for the uniforms and pay for the tuition? Is it just for fundraising or what?
1: Uh, so maybe we. We get the funds from the Ministry of Youth and Sports.
0: Okay, so let's take a step back. So you have the Ministry of Youth. So if I understand is you have a Ministry of Education and the Ministry of Education funds or helps with the football within the schools. But then you have a Ministry of Sport that helps subsidize the cost of these grassroots clubs. Is that fair? Yes, yes. So if you and I went to Malaysia, if I moved to Malaysia and said I wanted to start a football club in Malaysia, you would tell me I need to do the paperwork so that I can be recognized by the Ministry of Sport. Is that fair? Yes. And they literally give you money? Like they say, all right, you have a budget of $1,000 a year, use it to buy uniforms and stuff. Is that how it works? Uh, No, we
1: we need to uh, register and propose under... The Ministry of Youth and Sports. Yeah, we need to propose, and we we, we need to have the license of sports. So we, we are under also under the supervision of Minister of Youth and Sports when when we want to propose the funds.
0: Okay, so I understand you make the proposal, you get the license, and now you're you're uh, authorized. But how do you literally get the money to pay for the the uniforms and what are the fees? Does the Ministry of Sport cut your check or do they just send you uniforms or how do you get the actual stuff?
1: Uh, so uh, through the bank account of my, my association, my, my, my sports
0: club. Okay. So yeah. if I had to summarize it, I go there, I want to start a grassroots club, I do all the paperwork, get licensed by the Ministry of Sport. They send me, based on my proposal, enough money to run the basic Fundamental basic uh, operations of the club, which includes uniforms. Do the coaches get paid any money at the grassroots level? Uh, no. Or is it okay? So it's it's voluntarily it's volunteer for the coaches. Yes. It's thank, thank you again for your service. Now. Yes. Um, let's talk about the coaches really quick, and then we're gonna go back to the grassroots. Do the coaches get paid? When they do the developmental program. do they get paid? Yes, they, they do get paid.
1: They do get paid.
0: Do they get paid enough to do that full time, or is this like a stipend on top of whatever else they do in their day jobs? Because the the coaches that specialize in um, in this field, they they are also the teachers of the school. Oh, okay, yeah. so they're they're teachers who then also coach. And is that safe yeah. to say with the district? training center do are they volunteer or do they um or are they part of the school as well and do no, they're, they're, they're also part of the school okay so you have those and then you have now do any of these coaches ever say you know what i want to volunteer some of my time to coach at the grassroots level do they do that yes they do. it if they get oh. okay, so if it's not a foot okay so it's not uncommon to see a coach who coaches at the school also volunteer their time to help with a grassroots club?
1: Yes, yes.
0: OK. Now, can I play for any of those school programs and play for a grassroots club as a kid? Yes, you
1: can. You can.
0: Now, if I'm at the secondary school and I'm playing for one of those elite clubs, can I play for a grassroots club as a kid? Uh,
1: Yeah, I can. You can. But w-
0: but would I be as a kid? Would I be so good? And follow me on this. Would I be so talented compared to the grassroots Club, that it would be like a distraction? Like I would score all a lot of goals, or or not? I can't picture that. If if when you when you are young,
1: you you are in that de- that program, particular program. When you are you, you you getting older and older, you you have to t- you, you have talent. You should compared to the non-elite players, you you will be more par- powerful. You'll be more professional.
0: Yeah. So so let me and let me put this in a bow. In the state, my son plays for a travel team, and he is ten. I could not put him into a recreational team because he would. This, he would distort the game. It wouldn't be fun for the other kids. Does this make sense? And it's not my son in, in particular. It's any of the kids. I couldn't put them into a recreational program because they're already training three days a week, plus playing games on the weekend. And they really enjoy playing soccer. And many of them train on their own or do something else. We could not put them into a recreational program. It would be a distraction for the kids who just want to have fun. Is that how it is with grassroots soccer, grassroots clubs in uh, Malaysia? You wouldn't take a kid from the developmental program and put them into their grassroots program, or not? Uh, no, basically, if the the kids are in the program,
1: they will be they, uh, they will promote they will promote to to the to the development program, which they 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 they, they could have offered.
0: Okay. All right, so now, does your grassroots program go from, say, U7, U8, all the way up to U17? Yes, yes. Now, the club that you coach at, is that considered part of the grassroots umbrella? Yes. Hi- hi- right. so, so talk about a little bit, because we're now we – hey, guys, this is Neil Crawford with the Inside Scoop. I'm speaking to Sylvester uh, in Malaysia about youth soccer, and now we're going to get to your club in this umbrella of clubs, your club, excuse me, is part of the grassroots program. So describe your club a little bit for us.
1: Okay, so our club uh, we established in uh, 2017. So our our club mainly focused on the grassroots program. So during the the past uh, three years, we have been uh, strongly uh, participated in the local, local competition, which is the Lions competition. And we also took part in some family matches with the top teams in, in my place. So, a lot here. And as a coach, I'm very delighted to coach my players and also have fun with them at the same time, coaching the grassroots team.
0: So now, thank you for that. So let's be crystal clear. Do your teams only train once a week, or do you guys do something a little different than what the average club will do?
1: So basically, for now, we, will, we, we train once in a week because uh, many our players, they're they are having the, the, the scoring period.
0: Okay. Yeah, and okay. you said you guys organized friendlies, but you also played in a Lions what? Uh, football competition. So how does that work? Like, does that somebody comes together and says we're gonna have this tournament or something for grassroots clubs? Is that fair? Yes, uh,
1: they they organize it and just participate in every week ends. So the game we have in every week ends.
0: But who organizes it? The the, the, the alliance, the, the alliance company. Oh, so it's a company that organizes it for grassroots co- organizations and do you pay money to be part of the competition yes we pay. Oh, okay so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up now I got one more question to help our listeners understand the grassroots it is there ever a situation where I got a couple more questions are there ever a situation where let's say that I'm an ex-footballer in Malaysia okay and for whatever reason, I, I want to create an elite type of academy. And, and I don't want to go through the schools. And I'm catering to parents who have money. Are there any situations like that where people create a club that offers quality training, but yet people have to pay to be part of it?
1: Uh, there, there are less in, in Malaysia. There yeah, are, but maybe
0: they are less. We okay. tool. yeah. And, all right, so there's not very common. And what am I going to see as a parent? Will I see, oh, you pay this money and it's better coaching? And I don't mean better in a literal sense. I mean more – I do mean it in a literal sense, but what they're promising. We're not going to evaluate the coaches. But will I see better coaching, better facilities, almost like a private school type of situation because I'm paying? Is that – is that fair? Yes, it's, it's, it's fair. Yes. And then those coaches will still have to organize games against other school teams and other developmental programs, I'm assuming. Yes. And then what about futsal?
1: Uh, futsal. Well, in, in, in Malaysia, we, we focus futsal as the second spot but we mainly we focus in football first.
0: But if I'm a parent, I say that I wanted my child to sign up for futsal. What are the pathways? So in the States, for example, if you came to me in my area and said, I wanted my son to play futsal, I would explain this to you. Here are the pathways. You, as a parent, can create your own futsal team and sign up for these. There are these companies that offer futsal. Normally, the company owns the futsal facility, and they just ask people to sign up like eight to 10 kids and they tell, and they organize the futsal league. That's one way. Then our equivalent of, of uh, the football association has another futsal association, national football association, where you can create a team and compete in that, that kind of league. And that's a little bit more formal. Yeah. Those. And then we have other, other companies that create futsal leagues. So that's kind of how you do it. If I came to Malaysia and I wanted to play futsal, how would I? Wh- what would you tell me? What are the pathways?
1: Uh, you you can you can join the grassroots uh, foot, uh, futsal academy. From there, you you, you can start to uh, to uh, practice your skills. Maybe, uh, yeah, it's, it's the same as the, the as mentioned before. And you have, have trainings, you have families, the coaches who organize it, everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. So is it safe to say that if I'm a parent, I can come to you and say, all right, I want to play grassroots football. And then I can also go to another coach and say, I want to play grassroots foot as well. And it'll be similar situation. It's just, we're playing foot song. Yes. But it's foot under does the national um the ministry of sport do they recognize futsal and have funds for that
1: No, they, they, they do not.
0: okay so either no. you have to pay something as a parent or somebody's kind of offering it to you for free on their own dime basically
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right so final final question now if i in terms of scouting let's say your club has the next messy playing grassroots and their parents just don't know anything else about the other program. Are there scouts that come to your club and say, we need to get this kid into the school program? Yes,
1: they, they, we do have this kind, this kind of scouting.
0: So then the question becomes, but why would the, why would you need a scout if they're attached to the school? Because won't the kid be going to school anyways? Or they just won't see them play soccer? I don't...
1: Uh, maybe it, uh, the reason why we do scouting is because maybe the injured, our uh, players are injured. So, so so scout, the other t- team's better to play for our team, maybe for a particular competition.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, see, I can understand that. But what I'm saying is if you have a, your grassroots club or their kids presumably who are not playing in the district training center and who are not playing for the developmental program yet right yes and i'm asking do those coaches have scouts to come and look at your program and say we want this kid to play for our secondary school team
1: yes they do that
0: but yes. what I'm asking is, because the school teams are part of the school, why don't they already see them? Why do they need to? Why would they need to come to your club and look at the kids? I can kind of picture it at the secondary level, because the kid may be going to school B, where the uh, training center or the um, developmental program is at school A. Is that, mm-hmm. that kind of how it works? Like they go into a different school and they just don't even know about it. And so that's how they find them?
1: Uh, I, I think it, it doesn't work this way. When, when, when opportunity comes to place, uh, it's great it already.
0: Hey. Yeah. OK, so that sums up the grassroots level. So hey, Sylvester. We got there. This has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. And I'm gonna, we're going to re-listen to this as well. And then we may invite you back on to go even deeper into football in Malaysia. Again, thank you for what you what you do. And I left this conversation understanding that there are three broad categories of football pathways in Malaysia. And the interesting thing is there's really a good tie-up between your football association and, um, and your youth soccer. Now, m- help me again as we wrap up with the official names. There is the National Development of Football. Uh, the try- National, National Football Development Program. Okay. NSVP. And then there is the District Training Center. Yes. And both of those organizations are administered by the Football Association, Ministry. the Ministry of Education. Okay, so your ministry, I'm getting it all mixed up, your Ministry of Education, and then you have your grassroots clubs that are not tied to the school, and they are administered by your Ministry of Sport. Yeah. Okay. And all of those programs go from your itty-bitty, like U7, all the way up to your U17. Yes. And then do your professional, at the adult professional domestic leagues, do they scout players from the schools to eventually sign them to contracts for your professional leagues? Yes, they're the scout players from school. And do your professional leagues have a youth academy? Uh, No, they do not have... Okay, so your no, no, professional no. your professional clubs do not have their own youth academies. So they're going to scout players from those school leagues and take them straight to the professional league. Yes. And then your national team, if you want to play for the Malaysian national team, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're, they're scouting players from the school teams as well as the um, professional, uh, professional leagues.
1: Uh, yes, they, they scout the players from the professional leagues, which uh, they have the different, uh, different states in Malaysia. So the players uh, which play in the, in the, in the states will, will they play at the same league. So the national coaches will scout the players from, from that league.
0: Okay. And yeah. the final thing, at those youth levels, do they have regional training centers and regional teams or any other type of regional structures to find players for the national team? Or is it a yes. lot more inform Oh, they do. So you can. Yeah, they do. So how does it work? Does the national, so in the- let me tell you, in the state, our National Football Association will create these regional, I don't know, training centers. And then kids will be pulled out for a week here, a week there, or whatever and they'll train, and then the coach of that particular national team, maybe it's U15, U16, U17, whatever, will call players up to play in the team. Is that how it works in Malaysia? Yes. It, 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 it is the same. Okay. All right, guys, this is Neil Crawford the Inside Scoop, the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. I've been speaking with uh, Coach Sylvester from Malaysia, and we've had a wonderful conversation about youth soccer in in Malaysia. And for our folks, thank you for uh, listening to the entire show. We really go into the details. I really want to leave understanding what football is like in those cities. And sometimes we have to work with our guests to get us there. But I think it's just something that's very good to be uh, documented. And again, I'm the founder of Anytime Soccer Training, which is a um, website that will host over 1,100% follow-along training videos covering all the major areas of individual skill development. If you want to help your child get better in a way that's um, at their own pace, it's 100% follow-along, follows a set curriculum covering different areas of soccer, then I encourage you to check out anytime-soccer.com. Sylvester, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, let's get better together.
1: Thank you, Nell. Thank, thank you for inviting me. Thank you.